What's up, boy? See, you can hear this part. Watching a movie. Oh. Well, you already played the endless options for renewal. <laughs> this is a different movie. Asshole. Oh, we were watching Masters of the Universe tonight. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, the uh, Dolph Lundgren one. Which one was it? It's got a... Uh, Dolph Lundgren and uh, uh, Frank Langella in it. I've seen it. I know, motherfucker. I know you've seen the goddamn thing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what are you watching over there? What is that? Are these two old people. Filled with impurities, she buys it live. And for three days, it's been. Oh, the fish? Swimming. Down in my bathtub. Up and down. <laughs> and I hate it. I can't stand the sight of it. Moving its gills. <laughs> You're standing very close to me, Father. Have you noticed? Yes. I haven't had a bath for three days. <laughs> I can't go home until the carp is asleep. <laughs> yeah, so his wife bought a fresh carp to, for dinner. No, his wife. Wife's mom. No, his wife's mom. His wife's mom was visiting, and she was gonna make carp. <coughs> She's gonna make carp. Boy? Because it's got it's got impurities in it. She um she wanted to let it sit in their bathtub for a few days, I guess. I don't know how that would get the impurities out of it, but whatever. Yeah. Well, the point is, is that in that movie, George C. Scott's like pissed off at fucking everything. <laughs> he, he called that one cop racist. <laughs> Apparently that movie was supposed to be, uh, it was based off of a book. And when they were making it, they were like, nobody really knows what this is going to be. So let's just tie it into The Exorcist. And so they added in all that exorcist shit. You know, from The Exorcist? The movie's The Fucking Exorcist 3. I, I know, man. I just don't care. <laughs> what, what <is> <laughs> yeah, boy. You getting the Rona. What are you doing? No, it's it's um. I was out in San Antonio with my boy Travis, and uh, we were out in the rain and the cold, and I got a cold from being out in it. You have a boy? My boy Travis. You my boy Blue? Like that? Yeah, just like that. Not like Shane saying. Shane saying some ignorant shit. What's uh? <laughs> what's Travis up to? Uh, he's a nurse. He just got a contract in Dallas, so. so uh, He's living on his dad's property to help him with the maintenance. Excuse me. They got like a million dollar home, you know. How much does their home cost? Well, I said a million dollars, but I don't really know. He's got uh, like marble countertops everywhere. He's got uh, animal skin rugs. He's got the trophy animals from uh, Africa, like bison. It's this one bison, he, he, uh, he brought home a trophy of. It's 1,800 pounds. So um, he's got he he spent around eighty five thousand dollars on their in ground pool and hot tub section. Um, this guy hit okay. So Travis's dad 
is a consultant that gets these uh, contractual payouts and each payout is like uh 1.3 million 1.8 million um but then he has to pay like 300 mil 300,000 in taxes on that so anyway but he still gets like a million dollars a payout however in the past 5 years he's only worked like 6 months so he hasn't really made any money and so Travis um he left Wyoming to come back to Texas and work on his dad's property so that he wouldn't have to pay professionals to come mend fence or put up a chicken coo or any of that other stuff. Well, so he's doing all right. You know, helping his dad out. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing just fine. He's going to be out of there before too long. He's going to be starting his job up in Dallas. As a nurse? Where, which hospital? Uh, I don't know if he actually told me. Okay. How's your job going? Uh, they sent me home today because I showed up with uh, with a cold. I was sneezing and coughing, so they said, "Yeah, you can't be here. You got to go." So I went home. Understandable. <laughs> well, I drove an hour. I drove an hour to get there, John. I could have just sat at a desk and answered phones. Well, why didn't you call in? Why didn't you say I'm sick? I can't come in. Well, I showed up and I got there like 30 minutes early, and I talked to my boss lady and I said. Hey, I don't, I don't have a fever. And then she checked my temp when I got there. It's like, great, still no fever. And, uh, but I, I still have a cough and a, and a sneeze. And um, I, did, I didn't want patients to freak out, you know. Oh, God, why is this guy coughing that's working on me? Uh, so I told her, and she said, well, I need you to go to your car and call the HR department and uh, let them know. So I did. And they're like, well, we'll get back with you. And I was like, wait, there's nobody I can call right now. He's like, no, we got to let this, we got to pass this off to our safety team. And I was like, okay, well, who, who's on the safety team that I can talk to? It's like, they'll get in touch with you. It's like, well, son of a bitch, that means they're not going to call me until tomorrow. <laughs> and, and, and even if they do call me, it probably won't be until 8 o'clock. And then oh, if yeah, I get a call at we'll 8 o'clock. We'll huh? <laughs> no, we'll call you back. Don't call us. We'll call you. Well, so Temple is doing that same bullshit. Temple's doing that same thing where um, last week my HR person – I had set it up to uh, go to Waco to get my physical because I was going to be in Corsicana uh, for my birthday. So they didn't tell me when my physical was going to be until after I had already left for Corsicana. And it wasn't until the end of the damn month. It wasn't until today that they could schedule me. And I said, I can't do that because I won't be able to come back up here for four hours. You know, it takes four hours to get to Waco. So I said, I got to change it back to San Antonio. If I go to San Antonio, it's only two and a half hours. Well, they got this. They got upset that I changed my mind. I was like, but you you guys didn't tell me when it was until I had left town and I set up PTO. I got a job. So I I don't really know what I can. I'm trying my best to make this work. And I've been wanting to work with you guys for over a year now. So I'm, I'm doing what I can. And I called today to see about um, getting that appointment scheduled up for my fiscal. And they're like, well, your HR representative has to reach our HR representative and they have to let us know. So you called us, but we haven't gotten anything yet. I'm like, son of a bitch. What am I going to do? <laughs> I'm, I'm calling. Everybody I can call. call us. We'll call you. <laughs> well, I mean, this just gives you more time to, to save up and get ready for the when that does happen. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm almost done paying off all my tickets. Once I'm, once I'm done paying off all my tickets, then I can get my uh, tags updated. But I only got like another $1,000 to pay. That's not bad. It's better than what it was. Five grand. A lot better. More like more like six grand. <laughs> now, what's up with your uh, What's up with your gear over there, boy? It's uh, a little snug. <laughs> the best tight on it. It's got the best. It's got 
See there. That's your. Uh, that's your. Yeah, that looks obviously fake. Like I don't know why somebody would think you were really into martial arts. I, 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 I just think he just wanted to show off. I think that's all I think. Well, he's wanted to pull out his moves. Like no, no, bro, no, no. We don't. We don't do that. <laughs> we don't. He's wanted to show off. That's all it was. The guy did. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Aaron, you're coming down sick, boy. You're sick. Jay, real quick, real quick. It came to me like like a Albert Einstein. It blew my mind. So in Masters of the Universe, Prince Adam was He-Man the whole damn time, right? Yeah. So why at the end of the movie, he went, I had the power. No, bitch, you already had the power. Why you need to say it again? Yeah, uh, well, because you don't level up a second time. You know why did you say it a second time? You're already he man. Well, he had never said it at the opening. But he, and... but he wasn't Prince Adam. They didn't say, "Hey, Prince Adam, over here." No, he said they said he man. Yeah, they were always calling him he man. Um, maybe he was powering up the castle or something. Maybe, maybe something like that. Um, because remember, he had they had reset time. They brought that chick's parents back from the dead. So maybe he was using the sword to summon back her dead family. I the movie doesn't make any sense, John. <laughs> I was watching it today. Aaron, you remember Masters of the Universe? We were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Um, so I was watching it earlier today, and uh, Skeletor has pretty much won. Like, he shows up. They used the key. They snuck into the base. Yeah. They got it all. But there were still military components inside the castle. Like, there were still people fighting back. That's how big the castle was. You only saw, like, the main throne room. So we don't know where King Randor was or the Queen. You don't see any of those people. So we don't know if they got killed or what. I, uh, like I was saying, like, if I was Skeletor, I would say, no, whatever resistance we meet, no hostages. Pop them off. Pop them right now. Let's 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 get them down. But then, like I said, Shane, like in the movie, like what what were the soldiers made of that the captain was using his shotgun and he's taking out robots? You know, they don't technologically advanced robots that can talk and run and shoot laser guns, but they get but they get taken down by uh. <laughs> you no, know I thought funny in that movie we were watching it earlier, and the uh, home dude sticks a. Uh, he, he, he heats up some barbecue or a bucket of chicken in the fucking microwave and they're trying to find the key. And they're like, there's something interfering with the signal. And she's like, well, what is it? And he's like, I don't know. I've never seen it before. And she's like, well, destroy it. And he's like, it's, it's really hard. And it was just a fucking microwave. And they cut the microwave on. It was jacking with the, uh, the signal to find the, uh, the key. I, I want to know. That always bugged me too, Shane. Like, how did they send a, a source back to destroy the microwave? You know, yeah, his own microwaves. I guess they canceled out the microwaves. He had a double microwave. Yeah, <laughs> double microwave. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was like that machine they had where they could look at the past to see what happened. Like they could see the fight that happened. It just, it just, they just did it because it just to do it. Well, well, like I said, Shane, I, 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 like uh, you heard it. If, if I was Skeletor and I got back to Castle, I'd be pissed. I'd be yeah. pissed. Hey guys, you kind of fucked me there at the end, guys. You know, I was winning. I had the castle and everything, and uh, that kind of well, fucked me. Left me. He know? told people in. He was like, "Go find that key, bring him back." 
and I'll send some people to back you up, or I'll come myself. And I guess he just left that open just in case. And so he decided to show up, and that was that was kind of their bad. Um, and when, when he had He-Man's on the rope, he should have just killed him. Like, why, why are you messing around with him? Just kill him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kill him. Um, that's the difference between Hollywood superhero movies and real life. When they get you a hero in real life, they're not going to just uh, let you go. They're going to kill you. Like, like James Bond? No, Mr. Bond. Let me tell you my whole plan first. Yeah. Then I'll kill you. <laughs> Yeah. Let me. So while you're laying on the table planning your escape, let me explain everything to you in ultra detail. Um, what else? Uh, Masters. Of, oh, so I think I told you all this before, but the, the the fight scenes at the end of that movie, the reason why they had to, they they ran out of money. They couldn't. Uh, the the studio had shut them down. They had to film that after the fact, like in somebody's fucking garage. Like the, it was all shut down. They couldn't actually film anymore. I see the visions. So no. they, closed, they closed shop on that. So you, you did it, like I said, they couldn't turn the lights on. They, they, they snuck off here. We're going to sneak up yeah. the stage. And these lights on. Have a fight scene. Yeah, well, they had no background. So they had to turn everything dark. And just you see their bodies flinging around. And like they just, you know, did the best they could. But yeah. I. I the, the movie, I like the movie a lot. It's just like little plot holes here and there. You know, you think Skeletor takes no no prisoners, but, you know. Oh, no. If you don't have Skeletor in that movie, it sucks. Like, that's the only reason to watch that movie is for Skeletor. He's a badass Skeletor. He's a real good Skeletor. Yeah, that guy was good. Frank Langella, he, uh, he, it was, he did a lot of, like, highbrow stuff before that one. But, yeah, it, um, and he, he actually wanted to, he didn't want to wear a suit at first. He was like. I'm in pretty good shape, guys. Why don't you just let me uh, rock the costume without the uh, suit? Let me just go all muscle like in the cartoon. And they're like, no, no, we're just going to have you wear the suit. He's like, okay. The suit, but, the suit, but, but the suit was good. It was a very good suit, you know. I yeah. like the whole belt, the little tassels and shit he had on it. And, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. What would your boy think of He-Man? Oh, he's in love with He-Man right now, man. It's all He-Man. That's what all the time when we were watching the movie today, he was calling them out. He's like Skeletor, E-Man, Beast Man. He likes Skeletor, He-Man, and Beast Man. Those are his favorites. I, I always love the part of the movie when Blade jumps out of there. I've waited a long time for this. Oh, I like waited a long time to fuck up. Like, yeah, that was kind of anticlimactic. Well, and then when Skeletor like has him in the castle, like Blade is like, "Please give us one more chance," and he's like all shaking and stuff, and Skeletor just zaps Sarad like with his finger and kills him. I'm like, why didn't you just do that with He-Man? Like, yeah. you kill people with your finger. Why not do it to the ones that are giving you a problem? They shit he had. He just fucking zapped them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Masters of the Universe, you know, the, the big problems, no Battle Cat. I, I don't really care for Orko. You don't have to have him, but having him would have been nice. Um, and then, of course, you know, no Ram Man. How do you do a He-Man movie without Ram Man? Like that, you know? I guess it, it, they thought he was an unnecessary, uh, an unnecessary uh, character. You know, you at least got to have Ram Man in there. And what about uh, no Merman or Triclops? Like, where are those guys? You know, I mean, it just the, making the new villains was a bad idea. Like, who wants to see Blade? That was the worst vill villain ever. Another guy with swords that didn't do nothing. He didn't give, 
He didn't even give He Man run for his money. He he literally did not stand a chance against He Man at all. Sarab, that was a cool design. I'll give him that. But they really needed Trap Jaw in there instead of Guy with the Hook. They should have had Trap Jaw in there. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So are you gonna watch uh, Wonder Woman on a uh, HBO when it comes out? Oh yeah, well, I'll probably go up to the theaters and watch that. When I got a uh, <laughs> right before COVID started, they were building a theater like a mile down the road from my house, and what? so this brand new theater has been opening. Like they don't get they don't get any business. Well, we went there to go watch Tenant, and they were just giving out movie passes. They're like, please come back, please come back. So I got like six, I got like eight movie passes downstairs to go watch the movies. So if they're still open. The brand new movie theater that's barely been used. Uh, I'll just go there. How, uh, so did it like just get made right when the pandemic hit? Yeah, I mean they were building it in February. They finished it like in May, and you know, wah, wah, wah. it's so, a you know, movie. Them, uh, your favorite show, your favorite, your favorite comedy show is uh, Seinfeld, right? Love Seinfeld. I got the DVDs up here. Watch it right now. <laughs> Favorite comedy show because I know my brother Michael, he loved the, sh the show uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Michael loved. Oh, that's a good one too. Aaron, Aaron likes that one. Aaron, what's your favorite comedy? The what? I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, man. I haven't li been listening to at all. <laughs> so, what's your fucking favorite comedy? Like Seinfeld or Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Uh... Comedy. What's your favorite comedy? Yeah, but he loves the crowd. He didn't yeah, well, have I, I, at first, I was trying to think because I thought you said comic, but I get you said comic now or comedy. Um, I, I got a couple. Uh, you asking cartoon? Are you asking uh, live action? Or are you just asking like a all number one favorite. pick? Or? Top one, number one, all time favorite. Um, man, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I, Futurama. I, I, Futurama. I Good. Fridge was funny. I thought that was some funny shit. I liked yeah. it. <laughs> um, I liked Futurama, and I, I'd say that's my number one because I, I'll always enjoy it whenever I watch it, and it's not raunchy comedy, so just about anybody can watch it. Whereas, you know, if if I'm laughing, like if I'm looking for a great laugh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia will just wreck me. There's just some really funny shit, like when. Danny DeVito gets one of the characters an egg, and he thinks it's a stress egg. And he cracks it, and it's a real egg, and he gets pissed. It's like, what the shit, Frank? It's just a damn egg. <laughs> and he's got egg dripping all down his hand. <laughs> Did you see one of the best episodes was when uh, he, he came out of the couch naked. He, he plumped out of the couch uh, yeah. naked. It's so hot. It's so hot. He gets his on stage, and he walked off. You see his bare ass and everything. Oh, they went to a sporting event and he got high on LSD and was standing in a trash can or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he was at this boat dock with Charlie and he tried to toss Charlie the boat keys and Charlie missed them and they went straight in the fucking water. And he's like, Frank, you're gonna have to go down there and get there. And he's like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are they, is that show still on? No, no, it's been done for a long time. They brought it back for one more year, but um, after that, it it finished. And um, the the guy Dennis, he went on to be in some other stuff. I forget his actual real name. I think it was Glenn. Uh, but Dennis, man, he, he cracked me up more than anybody. But he was also the most disturbing. 
Like he made these jokes that like, yeah, he's probably a serial killer, but he said some of the funniest shit. Like he was fantasizing about beating up his old ass neighbor and you just see him like he's fantasizing about it. He walks up to the guy, he's talking a little shit and then he just takes his clothes off and gets completely naked. (laughs) And then he screams at him. Ah! (laughs) He's completely naked, screaming his fucking lungs out at this guy. Is, is that, Getting ready is that to... the guy who uh, played on Pacific Rim who played the, the scientist? Uh, I don't, uh, I'm not sure. Oh, sure. that's uh, that's Charlie. That's Charlie. Oh, yeah, that's the little guy. Charlie's pretty funny. Um, he had a he had some pretty good stuff where uh, he was he found out his mom was a whore when he was a kid. That was pretty funny. He sat on Santa's lap and it was like, "Did you fuck my mom, Santa? Did you fuck my mom?" And he starts beating up Santa in front of everybody. <laughs> Was Charlie was Charlie eating rats? Was he eating mice down there in the basement of the bar? All right, so <laughs> he did What's a lot it? of question shit. There was one where uh so him and the tall skinny girl that they keep calling a bird, um, they they did a like a life swap for a day and they were talking about how difficult their life is. And she goes to Charlie's place, is like, Charlie, you choose to live this way. Everything you do, you bring on yourself. The cats that are outside of your apartment meowing all night want your cat food, the cat food that you eat so that you get stomach pains and fall asleep so that you don't have to listen to the cats. <laughs> yeah, he was, and like, he, he introduced he uh, Frank. Yeah. You can see Danny DeVito run in there and he just starts eating the cat food like real fast. <laughs> oh, 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 my stomach. And he just lays down. <laughs> Uh, so what's what's funnier? Um, uh, 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 Talladega Nights or that uh, um, Oktoberfest? Oh, Talladega Nights all the way, man. Yeah, I, I gotta say, man, if I'm thinking of a funny movie. I'm thinking of Borat. Like, if you're talking about a, a movie that doesn't really compare to other movies, or you need to set a standard really high, Borat's fucking funny. Borat uh, is Borat's okay. No. When he goes running through that hotel, butt-ass naked, chasing a short midget guy with a dildo. <laughs> I mean, Jackass did that better. Jackass had the midget and the fat guy running around the city. Come back here. Come back here. Come back here. <laughs> For me, the, the yeah, tie would it, always be uh, Tropic Thunder and Talligated Tal- Nights. That would always be the tie for me. Yeah, that was a good Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Big Lebowski is a tie for me. I, I love yeah, that movie. Fair. Oh, <laughs> Big Lebowski's a good one. Uh, and then you got the movies that like aren't supposed to be funny, like Sling Blade. Like, it's not supposed to be funny, but it's hilarious. Get the fuck out! <laughs> Get out of my goddamn house! That goes for cocksuckers and retards! Throws that glass <laughs> bottle. He's like, goddamn! Like, <laughs> like, what the hell? Uh, He's just I, sitting I in the... I don't think Daniel talking to me when he says, there's no gas in it. Like, God dang it. Like, that was the fucking simplest thing. <laughs> they ain't got no gas in it. That's, that's the thing about Daniel is Daniel, he don't really talk unless he's sure that what he's saying is either accurate or necessary. So <laughs> Daniel may not have that, that more in-depth conversation that you, he may not have the depth that you're looking for, but you, you're never going to catch him speaking wrong. Because <laughs> he's he knows better. He, he, that's Fox News talking. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh? Well, and Forrest Gump's another one of those movies that you know it's it's funny. Um, just because of all the stupid shit that happened. Apparently, yeah. somebody's released the what what Forrest says 
when they're at the Washington Monument, he's talking uh-huh. about Vietnam or Vietnam, and uh, he says uh, uh, Vietnam Vietnam's a place where you can lose your legs or you don't go home to your mama or something like that. And he said that's very bad, I guess. And then the radio cuts back on. Somebody had found what he actually said. That's cool. So that's cool, but you know that's, that's cool that someone's found it. I thought yeah. he was just saying random things on there, just like you know, just just say something and and we'll it doesn't matter. We we'll never say what it says. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. no, Force Gump's a good one. Uh, what funny movies? Well, I think y'all said all the top ones. Old school. I mean, that's kind of you know that's up there with Dowsy uh, and I. That, that movie we talked about, Aaron. You my boy Blue. Uh, yeah, that's old school. Old, I mean, old school. Uh, old school's pretty good. Uh, Step Brothers, another Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, I liked uh, Dodgeball. We can play Dodgeball. Dodgeball. He said, "If you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball." He throws a fucking wrench at his head, and he's like, "If you could dodge a, if you could dodge a gun, you could dodge a gun." <laughs> hey man, you could dodge a gun, you could dodge a ball. Like, uh, yeah. I thought so. Jarhead was supposed to be more like a drama. You know, ground you good back down to earth. But I yeah. thought that shit was pretty funny too. When yeah. um he's at boot camp and he's like, "What the fuck are you even doing here?" And he's like, "Sir, I got lost on the way to college." <laughs> yeah. well, that was the uh, that was the opening, and then Jamie Foxx just being an asshole to him the rest of the time. Pretty much the whole time. Pretty much the whole time. Yeah, he takes his book while he's reading it in the shitter, and he just throws it in the trash as he's walking on his way out. <laughs> Smash. Um. I was like, yeah. That's I like pretty fucked up for like, the camera people. He made a stack with the sandbags all the way fucking high. Yo, yep. I ain't laughing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't hear you laughing now. Ha 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 ha. I was like, you know uh, that's like on, uh, that's like on Full Metal Jacket when they're they're sitting in the in the barracks and he's like, Joker's idea of the bad bush is between an old Mama San's leg. Talking about you know. Yeah, the bush. Oh, uh, another another funny movie. Um, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, John Candy. John Candy's been in some great funny movies. Plane trains and automobiles. They're in the the car and they they're going down the wrong side of the road. That is just classic. That's well, hard to beat. Because well, well, uh, for a second there, John Candy turns into the devil. <laughs> yeah, was, the song was the mess around. <laughs> Everybody's he's up smoking a cigarette playing on the guitar while he's driving and shit um what, he's with the what's his face they go on a camping trip oh with dan Aykroyd, the great outdoors yeah that's he tries to tries to water ski yeah, yeah. Fixing his ass. um the, the another it's, it's, it's kind of like a nugget of comedy um, it's called Strange Wilderness, and it, it doesn't have like A-list comedians. It's got some B-list guys, Justin Long, uh, one of the guys from Oktoberfest is in it. Uh, Robert Patrick is in it as a survivalist. Anyway, that's really funny about these people that are trying to save their nature show because it's in the toilet, and so they try to go find Bigfoot, and it's a disaster. But it's, it's <laughs> freaking holy. It's hilarious. Well, the dude's going out to take a piss. And while he's taking a piss, a turkey, a mama turkey is trying to protect its eggs. It bites his penis. And so he's got to go to a he's got to go to a veterinarian and have the veterinarian try to take the turkey off his penis. It's pretty funny. Well, what about uh number one war movies or army movies? I know I know um, that up there, like it's like for me, it's like uh Lone Survivor and uh oh what's that guy? I forgot the Chris with Chris um 
Aaron, what's his name? The sniper guy. Sniper? Uh... American Sniper? Huh? American Sniper. So I those like those that. two movies, those two movies, like really those ones are, are um, I mean, they're good movies to me, but I, I can't put them up very high because, you know, they, they tell of a tragedy, just like uh, Full Metal Jacket tells of a tragedy. Mm-hmm. These guys got freaking hazed in boot camp, and then they get pushed out to Vietnam, and it was hard on them out there, you know? With movies like uh, Saving Private Ryan, yeah, a whole bunch of people die, mm-hmm. but you save some guy. You know, you uh-huh. got a guy out there. That's a good so that was I like that movie, and I liked what they did with uh, Saving Private Ryan. Is all the research that they put into it. Um, they were talking about you know, there's guys that I've seen videos where they talked about being the boat drivers that dropped all those guys off on the beach, mm-hmm. and like you hear their stories, and then you watch the movie, and you kind of compare them, and it's yeah, it's almost the same. Um, and then Jarhead, of course, Jarhead, yeah, it had its funny moments, but then it had its moments where it was very true, like um, when they were talking about beating off. Yeah, there's a lot of that that happens when you're overseas a whole lot. Sure. Like you hear, um, you you hear when he's on the phone in the MWR and he and his girlfriend are going back and forth. Like I remember, dude, 2008. I'm over there outside of Fallujah. I'm on a little MWR center where you can get on the computer and call home. And um, they they have them in these little stalls. So you got this wooden two by four that goes in a, a cubicle around you, and then there's a guy on your left and a guy on your right. And um, not only did I hear somebody, I think, you know, touching himself in the stall next to me, I heard another guy cursing at his girlfriend for cheating on him. And when I, when I get back home, I'm going to fuck your shit up. <laughs> I, I kind of got I had I think I was talking to my girlfriend at the time and I said, you know, what, I'm just going to have to call you back because this is getting real violent over here. <laughs> uh, Shane, what about you? Shane? Any any good any good? Uh... Uh, well, let me think. Um... Not I mean, like Full Metal Jacket, that's one that's, you know, that, like that one's up there. Do what? Battleship. Oh, no, Battleship. That, I don't even think I've seen that one. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a you know, if you, you, got, you, got, time, you know. Well, it's good for its time. I don't know if it holds up, but uh, Black Hawk Down, that was good for its time. Uh, yeah. We Were Soldiers. Oh, uh, yeah. The Dirty Dozen, that's a fun one. You know, the Dirty Dozen's a fun one, but. Yeah, the Great Escape, the Great yeah. Escape, or um, you know, uh, I, I like movies like Inglorious Bastards and the the Hateful Eight and and well, uh, Inglorious Bastards, like the first that movie you only watch it for like the first twenty minutes. The rest of it's just kind of it's okay. Oh, uh, and, and those are okay, but what I don't like about it is they take a true scenario and they're like, well, this is what we should have seen happen. But unfortunately, that's not the way that it happened. Like once upon a time in Hollywood, you get this vicious pit bull that fucked up those people that were going to potentially murder all those folks. Yeah. Well, that's not really what happened. They really did murder those people. And, you know, it's, it's to me, it, I don't know. It's, it's a nice, it's, a, it's cool. It's like, Oh yeah, justice got served. But then you're also walking out of that movie. It's like, Oh no, those people are really dead. <laughs> so, so if we had to flip it. What's your most, what's the best violent movie? Y'all saw just like unnecessary violence in that movie. You know? I mean, John Wick is up at the top. All the John Wicks are up there. Uh, <laughs> Those are all well made. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rambo, the last Rambo. Well, I mean, the, the I think the last two Rambo's were particularly violent. Like the one where he's in South America, that one was pretty violent. Um, but the the last one, I mean, it was okay. It just wasn't that good of a movie. It's all right. It just wasn't that good. Uh, Robocop. Uh, uh, Robocop is a fucking good movie, but I don't know if I would say Robocop qualifies as a violent movie. Robocop's more of a sci-fi. Yeah, I don't know. 
when that uh when that guy got mutated by that poisonous fluid oh, and they ran through him, flashed over the truck. That was gross. Robocop's was- uh one of those movies, once you've seen it, you don't fucking forget it, man. And it how predictive it was of Detroit and all that shit. Um, I gotta say, John, as far as like uh, gruesomeness, bet one of my favorites is the thing. The nineteen eighties yeah. thing. I have to agree, Aaron. Thing is pretty nasty. The way those monsters look when they burst out. Yeah, and then like spiders and skeletons. That's all. That's all handmade animatronics. Like they, they built that stuff with their hands and painted it. And yeah, yeah it was. They just the thing is they, like, the they, they, the guy's stomach reached out. Guy was like, like, like that looks so effing real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Kurt, uh, Russell, <laughs> Kurt Russell gets a stick of dynamite runs up to it. Yeah, fuck you too. It throws the dynamite at it. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a gross movie. Well, speaking of Kurt Russell, what's the best uh, Western cowboy movie? Uh, Tombstone's up there. Tombstone, one number one. Uh, I got to go, y'all. Man, good one. Like the uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly? That's a classic good one. Y'all take care. See you later. Like uh, 310 to Yuma, like that one? Y'all watch that one? Oh, Aaron had to go because his girl showed up. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, I can't think of, uh, any other day I can probably think of a western one but uh you know good like a good bad and ugly uh a good bad unforgiven and ugly. Was a good one the what unforgiven where Clint Eastwood's like a retired gunslinger and he goes to find Morgan Freeman and like this woman needs help and um at the end of there's a Gene Hackman's in the movie he plays the local sheriff and like uh I don't know. It's just a good movie. That's a good yeah, one. But, uh, it's not a great movie, but the uh, the, uh, the the Fabulous Seven, the something. Oh, seven. the Magnificent Seven. It, it's okay. It's yeah, that one's fun. It's good. It, you know, I hate that everyone's like, you know, another heroes almost live. Like three of them live. <laughs> but, you like the, the old uh, the old John Wayne movies? Uh, he did a couple. I know. Uh, like I said, my grandpa had all the John Wayne. He loved John Wayne. Like the, the Alamo. Yeah, that's always a classic one. Right there, right there. Uh, it, I, I, I was wondering in the Alamo, like when the Mexicans burst through the gates, why you had these like seven foot tall uh, Mexicans, like like fucking large ass machines coming in there first? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the vanguard, man. They're gonna chop them up. Is that the is that your your front line? Well, the, the weapons the uh the weapons the Mexicans had were left over from the Spanish War, so they weren't the most high end weapons. They were old stuff, you know, that they had fought for independence. Um, um, you know, like I said, uh, my grandpa always said that the uh, that the uh, the Alamo was a fair fight. Yeah, Where yeah, I mean, the Alamo was a fair fight. Hey, yeah. they were behind. They were behind. A, they were behind a wall. You know, uh, shooting at down at them. You know, we're at a disadvantage. We're outside the wall. Well, Grandpa, there was a lot more. Of them. Yes, but we're at a disadvantage because we're over. We're behind. They're like Grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, what? How many people were at the Alamos? It wasn't that very many. <laughs> you know. So I guess in Mexico they teach you it's a it's a fair it was a fair fight. Well, yeah, that's the you know the victors write their history. You know. Well, uh, you know, they said like when the when the Mexicans shot a cannonball, they went to run and catch the cannonball, put it back in the cannon, just to shoot it back at them. <laughs> I was like, yeah, God that was, damn. Uh, 
That's <laughs> you got to go yes, they had, they had the the Mexicans had about eighteen hundred, and the uh, the the Texians, the Texans, they had uh, from anywhere from one hundred eighty five to two hundred sixty, and all but three of them were killed. So, <laughs> but the Mexicans lost about four hundred to six hundred. So. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Sorry, Grandpa. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a. Uh, I mean, yeah. They. So, I mean, he's got a point. They were attacking a fortified position. They had, but their weapons were old and out of date. They had these ridiculous uniforms on that made them easy to see. Uh, they played this loud ass music all the time when they were coming. Um, you know, the the guys defending the Alamo were like frontier guys. They like lived out in the woods. They liked to hunt. You know, they 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 all had good rifles. They were they were good shots. You know, like. They would load Davy Crockett like they would. The guys would hand him his rifle and let him take the shots because he was a he was a marksman. You know he could take them out, but there there was no way that the Alamo was going to hold off. Sam Houston wasn't even coming. Like he wasn't even on the way, so it wasn't like they could hold out. Like you know. So is Shane Rollins saying it was a fair fight? No, no. I mean the Mexicans had the advantage. I mean. It's they did. I mean, they didn't have as big as advantage as everybody thinks. Uh, like those guns were pretty crappy. They were rusted. They didn't work very well. They took forever to fire. Um, you know, like you said, they were running in with machetes. I mean, three hundred guys with guns. That's still three hundred guys with guns. You know, two hundred guys with a sword versus three hundred guys with guns. It's just not going to work out very well. You know, I talk shit about that, but let like you know ten. Big ass guys with machetes walking at me, and let's see if I'm still talking shit. You know. <laughs> well, and then uh, Mexicans rolled up with cannons. I think at some point that's kind of that's what did them in when they when the cannons showed up. Alamo really couldn't do much against that. So Shane, refresh my history. Um, they took the Alamo. Uh, Mexicans did what we do. We got drunk afterwards. Um, Sam Houston showed up, and he immediately chased us down, and pretty much just caught us pants down. Correct. So they, uh, so Santa Ana's armies was marching, and I can't remember. I think I think I want to say Sam Houston was in Goliad. I can't remember where it happened because it's been a while. But um, he uh, Santa Ana's they were having a siesta, yeah. and one of the guys is like, "Hey, they're taking a nap. Do you do you want to go take care of them now?" And Sam Houston was like, "Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Let, let's go do that." And so they ended up capturing Santa Ana, and uh, they didn't kill him. Um, they sent him back to Mexico, and I think he lived out his days being a bum or some shit like that. Um, and people were kind of pissed at him, like, hey, you lost half of our fucking country to yeah. these rebels, you know? Someone had to be awake. No one said, hey, guys, the sun's running overhead, guys. Uh, let's, let's all take a nap. It's nap time, <laughs> you know? I hate to think the one was, hey, hey, one, one, uh, keep guard. All right, Santa Ana. All right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like he said, they were kind of drunk. They were kind of high on that Alamo victory. Um, yeah, it just didn't it didn't do good, man. Uh, and I'm sorry if our history is bad. If it was watching, like, they, they, have, they don't know what happened. Like, so it's going like they're missing all the details about what really happened. You know. Oh, uh, was it? It was in San Jacinto, the Battle of San Jacinto. Uh huh. Um, Let's see. Let's look at the details. Uh, the Texas Brigade defeated General Santa Ana's army in a fight that lasted 18 minutes. They just... <laughs> 18 minutes, you lose half your fucking country. So, how long did it take them to take the Alamo? 
Uh, it was like a few days. <laughs> the Alamo was, uh, let's see. So it's February day- the 23rd to March 6th. So it took about two weeks, two and a half weeks to take the Alamo. And with 1,800 men to take the Alamo. I mean, and then like you lost half your country in 18 minutes. You know? Yeah, that's a wrap. You know. You know. Yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> It didn't go good for him. Um, yeah, apparently when the Texans rolled in there, they were saying, remember the Alamo and remember Goliad. And uh, that was it. They told him uh, they made Santa Ana sign a peace treaty, and then he left, and that was it. Yeah, they, uh, let's see. So, so I, I know I know the answer to saying We're technically in Mexico, correct? I mean, it used to be Mexico, Yeah. <laughs> You know, you, Mexico, you, you. I saw the map yesterday. Mexico stretched all the way till. Uh, yeah, I, it was up, I, way up north, way up north, like Nevada. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it was big. I mean, the but, whole uh, group, you know. well, before the Mexicans had it, the Comanche did. The Comanches lost it first. Too busy fighting everybody else. Comanches love fucking killing everybody. So that's their bad. Oh, they why well. They were technically fighting invaders, though, right? Well, yes. I mean, those two, but they they also fought other Indians. Like, it wasn't just, you know, fighting the white man. Like, they fucking fought themselves, too. <laughs> I didn't say who they fought. I just say they're fighting invaders. With yeah, they, I mean, they had, I mean, yes, they had their hands full, but they never came together. They were always kind of, no, it's my tribe. No, no. And then, well, I was kind of doing some, uh, some research into, uh, the first European settlers, uh, like specifically Squanto around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So Squanto was the guy that showed the pilgrim like how to how to fish, how to put the corn, the, the, the corn into fish and how to grow stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, a few years before that happened, Squanto had actually been captured by Spaniards and was was taken back to Spain to as a present for the king. They're like, hey, here's a native from this from the New World. He's your pet now, King, whatever your name is. Well, when they sent him over to Spain, a missionary got a hold of him. They were like, you're not doing that. They're not, you can't just turn people over to the king. They're not toys. So they freed him. They let him go. He, somehow he, he lands up in London, and he's over in England, runs into uh, John Smith's, uh, you know, Pocahontas' guy, and gets a trip back over to his hometown. He goes back home. Everybody's gone. All Everybody that he knew growing up, they're all dead. They've all been killed by disease. So it's just Squanto. So he finds another tribe, hooks up with them, and they're like, hey, you, you were overseas? And he's like, yeah, I was over there. And they said, so what do we what do? We do? What's the plan? Do we, do we come together? Can we drive these guys out? And he's like, nah, bro, nah, nah, they got you. You, you, ain't, you ain't winning this one. So you might as well just team up with them. And that's what happened. They teamed up with the, uh, the English, and they killed a bunch of the other Indians. <laughs> But I mean, he was right. I mean, what what what, what are you going to do when you're you're running around with a stick and a stone, and these guys show up in body armor and guns? Like, what the hell can you do? You know, give him hell. I, I mean, well, and he goes over there, and like his people live in mud in sheepskin. Like their their houses are made out of animal skin. But you go over there, and they've got castles and stone walls and giant buildings. Roads are paved. Horses are everywhere. Like it just he just knew like my my. We can't we can't do anything against this. You know? It'd be like if it'd be like if somebody down in uh in the Congo 
took a stroll through Washington, D.C. or is talking about invading Washington, D.C. It ain't fucking happening, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, you hate to make it sound so, you know, you hate to make the Indians sound so weak, you know, because, yeah, they're very proud, very, very proud people. But yeah, well, that, you, know, like, um, you know, their whole thing is it was stolen from us. We were lied to, uh, you know, but the truth is, at the end of the day, man, it, you know, like the uh, the Texan said, come and take it, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what we did. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> You know, it kind of sucks, but uh, I, I, like I said, I'm trying to remember all my history in that shit. Why did they did the Mexicans did Santa Ana say hey? They did Santa Ana give him a chance to leave the Alamo. Did he give him a chance? Say hey, abandon it. Y'all can leave. You know, I want to say there was a chance they could they could have left, and they very much gave you know the finger. Say we're I'm not sure, leaving. I'm sure he did a, an offer for surrender. Let's see. Uh... Let me look it up real quick. Okay. No, no, Texas was supposed to leave. Sam Houston told him to get out. He's like, you guys don't stay there. Uh, uh, I, can't, I can't send you back up, so you need to just leave. And James Bowie was like, no, nah, fuck it. We're going to stay. Um, but why? Like, All right, let's, let's read. Let's read Wikipedia. Why is that coming? All right, Houston could not spare the number of men necessary to mount a successful defense. So he sent James Bowie with 30 men to remove the artillery from the Alamo and destroy the complex. Bowie was unable to transport the artillery since the Alamo garrison lacked the necessary draft animals. So they didn't have any big horses or oxes. So okay. they couldn't get the shit out of there. Uh, Neil soon persuaded Bowie that the location held strategic importance. In a letter, gov in a letter to Governor Henry Smith, Bowie argued that the salvation of the Texas Depends in great measure on keeping Bayer out of the hands of the enemy. It served as a frontier picket guard, and if it were in the possession of Santa Ana, there is no stronghold from which to repel him in his march towards the Sabine. The letter to Smith ended, Colonel Neal and myself have come to the solemn conclusion that we will rather die in these ditches than give it up to the enemy. But we also wrote to the provisional government asking for men, money, rifles, and cannon power. Few reinforcements were authorized. Cavalry officer William B. Travis Arrived in Bear with 30 men. Five days later, a small group of volunteers, including famous frontiersman David Crockett. Uh, let's see. Santa Ana's trying to build an army. Blah, blah, blah. He's getting ready to go. They began marching in December. Took them forever to get there because they didn't have enough mules. They didn't have any supplies. A lot of people just quit because they weren't getting paid. <laughs> Uh, the soldiers, women and children, followed the army, ate up all the supplies. So they're bringing women and kids with them, and they're eating all their shit. Um, it gets really cold, and then the Comanches show up and start fucking killing people. They get dysentery. Finally, he gets there at the end of February, and you know, so it's cold as fuck. It's in February, and uh, what's he say? The people in the town leave. He shows up. They bring all the food they can into the Alamo. Um, they get into the city. Oh, no, they raised the... Remember, they played that song and raised the blood red flag. No quarter. I mean, we're yeah. fucking taking the place. 
Uh, but Bowie sent somebody out to meet with Santa Hannah anyways. Um, William Travis doesn't like that shit. Um, the Texans did ask if they could surrender. And uh, and Santa Ana said, no, it can only be an unconditional surrender, which means that we get to do whatever we want. And then uh, Bowie said, fire the cannon. And that was a wrap. <laughs> so, Shane, you're, 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 uh, you're Bowie. I mean, you're, uh, who, who's in charge of the... Uh, William the Travis. So you were just Travis, and 30 guys show up. Are you going? Fuck yeah, thirty guys. This is what I need, right? Oh no, that, that was if so is Bowie. He was there, and then and then Travis shows up with the thirty guys, and one of them's Davy Crockett. So what? Bowie, if you're Bowie and Davy Crockett shows up, you may think you got it. This <laughs> 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 is a wrap. Yeah, that's probably what he was thinking. He's like, we can't lose. Davy Crockett's here. How could we lose? <laughs> It's like, yeah, one guy ain't shit against 1,800. So, what, I don't know, shit. Like, how do you, like, you're the general, Shane, or captain or whatever, and you see 1,800 Mexicans coming over that ridge, you know, you, you, you guys stay composed, you know, like, all right, guys, and it's not that bad. Well, <laughs> but they, I'm sure that's why they had David Crockett out there, like, hey, can you, uh, you, can you get all these guys, like, you know, build up their self-esteem? You know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a bad situation to be in. And when you see that many over the hill or coming into town, yeah, I don't know why you just don't run. Like, why, what do you think you're going to do there? You know, they outnumber you like by by a thousand, you know, it's a thousand more guys out there. I, I'm, I'm sure Aaron has something to say that, like, because you're not a coward. That's why you don't run, because you're not a coward, you know, because well, you don't want to remember your name as a coward, you know. No, they're not going to fucking know because you just go live up north out in the woods somewhere and nobody will ever fucking know what you did. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm sure Eric would say, but you would know. You you would know. You gotta yeah. live life go live. You, you, go, you ever watch that movie, Jeremiah Johnson? Uh-uh. So Jeremiah Johnson's this movie where this guy, he's kind of a rich dude on the East Coast, and he goes down to Louisiana and I think he loses all of his money or something like that. And he's like, I'm going to go live up in the mountains. So he decides to go be a mountain man. And, like, he gets a wife. He gets a family. He has a, he learns how to hunt. Uh, Indians kill all of his family. He goes and starts killing Indians. Then he resettles again. It's just a, it's just a never-ending. But he's living in the woods, and, like, nobody knows who he is. Like, he's, he's become a new man. You know, nobody remembers, like, where he came from or any of that stuff. You know, he's just a crazy mountain man now. I'm sure our Eddie and, and uh, Kill Chris was going like, "Why the fuck are they talking about this for? Why talk about history for?" Well, you know. Well, I know they like. I know they like that uh, Jeremiah Johnson movie because uh, 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 Mr. Black used to talk about it in school. He's, he's talking about because there's this one scene where this old man he's trying to teach Robert Redford like how to live off the land, uh -huh. and uh, he comes running down this hill and he's like, "There's a grizzly! There's a grizzly!" And Robert Redford's like, "What are you talking about?" And this big ass grizzly bear comes running up behind him, and Runs into the damn house and tears it all up. I'm I'm all for being out in the uh, the wilderness, Shane. But you know, when we go on this camping trip, we it's more like we're not going to see a bear where we go. You know, now you, you confront a bear, you know, I might be a little more hesitant. You know, because 
the little the little black bears they really won't scare you too much because they kind of look like little dogs but if we go up like real far north where the big bears are yeah i mean that that's they're pretty scary like a big bear it's nothing you want to jack around with little brown bear it's like oh it's a little brown bear you know but or a little black bear but when you see a big one out there no you know yeah what the fuck with that speaking of uh terrifying things you see the biggest shark recorded now no i hadn't seen it how big let me look it up how big is it motherfucker shank i mean just you know it's not a megalodon but they're trying to say it's it's a, a friend of the megalodon so I'm it's like, not a great white big shit right like there's no way the shark is this damn big you know is it a great white huh it's a great white or or no uh i'm trying to find it but i saw it i, I was going to tell you about it i told us it got to uh Let's see. Where is it? See, there was a whale shark that died recently. That big, that one of that, the big ass one that was on the beach. One of the largest sharks ever tagged in the Atlantic Ocean reported off coast of Florida. A great white shark swims off the shore of Cape Cod, Massachusetts, in 2019. Uh. Let's see. 15 foot, 2,000 pound, great white. How long was that one? That was a year ago. 20 foot? Uh, 15. Oh, that's still fucking big. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like 15 feet are the the biggest great whites we're seeing. They they claim they saw a 13 footer uh, crocodile. Okay. Dang, man. Have you ever seen one of those things in the wild? The no, big ass fucking. No, 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 no. I don't want to see it. No. Crocodile, alligator, no. I don't want to see none of those fuckers in the wild, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I got that action figure from Jurassic Park, you know, the the uh, the dentist guy. I've got him armored up right now, but you remember the, the not uh uh? Didn't say the magic word. I saw the yeah. I got oh, him all decked like, out in armor now. Yeah. All decked out with guns and stuff. But yeah, I had to go back and watch the scene to see, like, you know, how, how he ended up dying. Uh-huh. And the, the dinosaur that he fought, the way, or that killed him, in the in the movie, it looks like it's this little, it looks like it's the size of a dog, you know, and it's got those little frill things that stick out. But in real life, those things got up to 20 feet. Didn't it, didn't it, uh, projectile uh cause like blindness or paralysis or well they speculate that because of the way his bone structure is but they don't really know um so the the speculation was that they could do that but they don't they have no way to know that's what it is they're thinking now that instead what what that stuff was it made his jaw stronger um because they originally thought that they had very weak skull but now that they're seeing that they're thinking that maybe it was some air pockets had developed in the muscle to keep it the jaw strong so it may not have been venom it may have just been air but they i mean they, there's no way to know i mean that shit's from 65 million years ago there's no way to know there's gonna be a few errors in there yeah i mean they don't really know and you, i mean how many they found they're just it's just guesswork you know at the, at the best so but no um but i mean they, they they look mean as hell man i mean can you imagine seeing a dinosaur these days even a little one i mean shit man well, Shane, you freaked out when you saw the, the scorpion put his little fucking little tail up. and Yeah. You know. When I was a kid, and I saw that big thing crawling across the... I would, that freaked me out, man. I'd never seen anything like that. 
So, in how big was it? Like, I know you were a kid, but how big did it seem to you at the time? About the size of one of the, uh, like a rock, like a big rock, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to measure it up against. That would be good. Like, uh, like the size of an action figure? Like a yeah, probably about like they're a little bit bigger than that. But just, you know, it was scaly. It was gray. You could see the claws. You could see the tail. I mean, it just looked mean. It looked mean as hell. And, uh, the way, you know, the way they move with their legs, it just didn't look right, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I panicked on that one. I got the hell out of there. I didn't want anything to do with that. Now, backtrack, uh, a short, shorten that story. What happened when you, like, what were you doing when you confronted that scorpion? So I was, I was hanging out with Uncle Jay, and uh, I can't remember if we were playing hide-and-seek or if we were just going down to the creek just to – so he had this creek that ran out around behind his house, and it was really wooded. It's still wooded. We, we drove by there recently. It's real, it's real thick. And uh, if you go back further down from the street, uh, it gets, like, really wooded, and there's this kind of – you know, there's these little pebbles and stones and gravel, and it's kind of a cool little area to play. It's this little stream whenever it rains. You know, and it usually stayed pretty full. And uh, one day, we just, I'm just down there fucking around by myself, and I look, and I look down at the end of the at the end of the creek, and there's this fucking thing sitting on top of the rocks. And I'm, I'm sitting there looking at it because I can see it doesn't fit in with the rest of the rocks. It doesn't look like a rock. It's kind of it's kind of fleshy, kind of scaly. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is that? And I get a little bit closer, and it just I can see the blue like coming off of the, the scales. And I was thinking, this something's not right here. And then it moves. And I was like, fuck. And it started, it started moving fast. And I was like, no, nah, fuck this. I'm out. And I just turned around and climbed, I climbed back up the fucking trees and got out of the damn creek and uh, got the fuck out of there. Like, I just didn't want to fuck around with it. And then I told, I told Uncle Jay and uh, his friend Aaron to see if we could go back down there and try to find it from a distance. And um, we could find it again. But that fucking thing was huge, man. It was like the size of a, of a, a little bird. And just no, wasn't fucking around with that thing. What's the rule on scorpions? The bigger, the less venom it has, or the smaller, the more venom it has, something like that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that works. I don't know something that supposedly the sting hurts if they get you. Hey, have you ever seen that show with a guy? The hell was that, Bob? <laughs> get that to me. It's gonna shit out of me, Shane. It's this little. Uh... Let me see it. Let me see it. Come here. Let me see it. Let me see it. Hey. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I thought a dinosaur rolled up on me. <laughs> you gotta be careful, boy. <laughs> what the hell was that? Yeah. It was, that was his little, his little flashlight elephant. That's, the batteries are going dead in it. Cool. But do you, do you watch that guy's YouTube where he he pokes himself with like the deadliest or the like it puts me that worst bite or sting you can get from animals and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I saw some clips of that. Yeah, and like the guy, I was like, you know, I know doing it for the fans and you know for the reviews and stuff like that. But man, shame that. All right, what am I gonna stuck with this week? That how bad is it? Scale of one to ten. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the 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 biting ant from Africa, or whatever. And they're like, yeah, this is the most painful thing you can ever experience. He's like, all right, let me get it. Ah. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm trying. Oh, it hurts so bad. It's like a level. Oh, my God. Like, you know, I'm glad he's uh, Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Well, John, we, we've hit an hour, man. We'll go ahead and wrap this one up. All right, buddy. 
We have a good one. I'll talk to you a little later. All right, boys. See ya. <laughs> See ya.